0: Now, um, let me get my stuff ready. Well, are you good? Let me know when you, have you started
1: recording already? Oh, okay. Well, good morning, everyone. <laughs> Especially for those joining me online um, and watching or listening to a, uh, a recording of this. Well, it's good to see some of you um, back from, from Easter. Because the reason I say that is I laid down a a dare or a challenge just to join me for the next three weeks. The next three weeks, if you're just new today, will be some preaching that I'm not usually used to. I'm a preacher that does expository preaching. I like to have verses in front of me and I um, expose what those uh, verses are all about the next three weeks will be topical they're on a theme and the theme is about being fearfully and wonderfully made asking the why why is this true are we fearfully and wonderfully made how are we fearfully and wonderfully made you could say that the themed verse for the next three weeks is based on psalm 139 verses 13 of 14 Where it says, For you formed my inward parts. Obviously, this is the psalmist talking to God. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works that my soul knows very well.
0: That last phrase that my, you just could say myself, out of
1: this, I'm trying to have that goal that we would know our God very well. And part of knowing our God very well is finding out what does God actually want from us? What does he want us to do here on earth? What is our purpose here on earth? Now, we can be sure, one hint, one example of us being fearfully and wonderfully made is the fact that when we look at our fingerprints, we are unique in the sense that no one else here on earth, out of the billions of people who have been born And who are on the earth today, our thumbprint, our fingerprints are the only one. Even if we are a twin, we still have different fingerprints, which is quite amazing. It didn't happen by accident, as some people believe. And so, as someone has said in the past, you are.
0: Thumb okay? You matter. You are special to God.
1: A lot of us get into this place where we're tempted just to think, you know, does God really care? And the answer is yes. And so the title of this series is, I've decided to say, Five Truths That You Are Thumb Body. Five Truths That You Are Thumb And let's get into it now. Number one, that you were planned for God's pleasure. How do I know that? How can I say that? That you were created for his pleasure? You were created on purpose, with a purpose? Well, Revelation 4, verse 11, gives us an indication as a response because of that. Revelation 4.11 says, Thou art worthy, O Lord, in the King James Version, to receive glory and honor and power. And that's why we're here this morning, to give him glory and honor and power, to be able to do it together. We should do it in everything that we do. But here this, this morning is special, because there's no other time when we can do it together corporately. For thou hast created all things.
0: The Lord has created all things, we know that. But why? For thy pleasure they are. For thy pleasure they exist. For thy pleasure they are around.
1: They are created and were created. You could say
0: everything that was created was for his pleasure. Remember, he created everything very good, it's only once sin through Adam entered the world then we think, ah,
1: I remember, God did not create that. I just think of that because um, one question, for instance, that I've come across this week was why did God create people to um, have same-sex attraction, for instance, okay? And he didn't. That's a result of sin. But when he created, it was very good. But the key theme is he did it for his pleasure, for his pleasure. He takes
0: pleasure in you. Can you believe that? I have a picture up here because those who have kids
1: have At least, surely once in their life, looked at their child when they were sleeping, particularly when they were sleeping, and
0: particularly around this age. And you just think, ah, wow, this is created for my pleasure. It even happened actually. I was impressed with my seven-year-old. I can talk
1: about him because he's out of the room this week. Man, I could not believe it. Seven-year-old, two days straight, not much rest. He just—he did some painting. And so I, that's what I say. The imperfections, I'll just blame the seven-year-old. The stain over here, the seven-year-old. But I just took pleasure in my child. I say, I'm so proud. Um, it fell short the last day when we had to clean because he didn't want to have a bar of that. And that pleasure turned to, uh, you know, (laughs) frustration. But it's not like that with God. That's the amazing thing about God.
0: The amazing thing is that because we are in Christ, He's continually looking at you for His pleasure. This is grace
1: because we find it hard to do it in our own relationships, particularly when someone's your love is not doing the right thing, is not doing what you want them to do. Not like that with
0: God. So our response for that is worship. And so because he has
1: planned us for his pleasure, our response is, our purpose
0: is worship. Worship. Now, I don't know how it happened. And why it happened. But for some reason, we just think of coming to this place.
1: We just think of singing the times when we sing as worship. But that's not it. That's not worship at all. It's it's, it's facets of worship. It's glimpses of worship. It's expressions of worship. That's not just it. I'm looking forward to Romans 12 because we say all of life, all
0: of life is worship or should be worship rather. So the response that God loves me is for us just to love back. That's something that God cannot force us to do.
1: God cannot force this. He doesn't force this. It's something that we choose to do, to love back. And as I said, that's just what worship is. So many people, have, oh man, I've heard so many definitions of worship, and they're all correct. Oh, I was brought up to say, worship a revelation, and then a response. I guess I like it to be more simpler than that. It's just expression of love. It's just an expression of love is worship. And as I said, We don't just do that through singing. We can do that any time that we want.
0: We can do that even silently. We can worship. And so here's another, um, I guess, definition: is just giving back to God.
1: Giving back. Um, I'm hopefully you're in this room and and you understand that God loves you. Um, If you don't, if you're still worried about that, if you're still Doubting that, then, and, and please talk to me or, or someone in this room about why I can tell you in one sentence um, why God loves, loves you, to prove that God loves you. But through that love, we love back, and that's his desire. That's his purpose for us, and this is the number one purpose. This is overall the arching purpose that everyone every else, other purpose feeds off. And that is, he desires you to love him back. It's Hosea is an interesting passage in, in chapter six and verse six. Hosea, not Isaiah. Hosea, um, it says, "I want you." And he's talking to um, God's talking to to the Israelites here. I want you to show love, not offer sacrifices.
0: So you see that, that they could offer sacrifices but not do it out of love. And for us today, for instance, I could even
1: help paint the church and not do it out of love. I could clean the toilets and not do it out of love. I could give money to a a charity and not do it out of love. God wants us to show love. Even more than that, he says, I want you to know me more than I want
0: burnt offerings. I want you to know me. So we'll get into that a little bit more. Because if this is true in our lives, if we
1: want to do what God wants us to do in in showing love, and, and getting to know him more, then worship
0: should be prior, prioritizing God in our lives. Worship is prioritizing
1: God in your life. And you might automatically think of, well, Mark 12, verse 30, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And I know the, the heart, soul, mind, and strength is in bold there, but the word, which I couldn't find for any particular picture, is that adjective or the all, all your heart. I think that should be in the bold. All your soul, all your mind, all your strength. You think of your life right now. And when you ask yourself, hmm, what percentage of My strength, for
0: instance, or my mind. Let's say mind. I think mind's a good one because mind is a key. The maturity of our faith is dependent really on our mind as we're going to get into Romans chapter 12, verse 2. The renewing of your mind is key. All your mind. Do we love the Lord God with all our mind? Easy to do that on a Sunday morning. What about a Monday afternoon? And so this is why our vision here at Fraser Coast Baptist Church is
1: to see every believer that's associated with Fraser Coast Baptist Church. So whether you are a regular attendee or whether you are a member or whether you're even a CEO Christian, because we have some of those here at Fraser Coast Baptist Church, we want to see every believer actively living out God's design for their life with a purpose so that they would further comprehend or further understand or further know the width and the length and the depth and the height of his love. Why do I have that as a vision? Because I know for a fact that if you understand more
0: of the love of Christ, then you will love more. question to ask ourselves is am i doing that
1: myself and then how can i I help
0: another believer do that in their life so number one your plan for his pleasure and by the way
1: i'm only going to through two today and then two next week and we'll finish on one the third week on the 30th of April. But number two is where I really want to focus more of the time here.
0: You were formed for God's family. You were formed for God's family. This is
1: something that we have a choice to do. We don't have a choice becoming part of our physical family, for instance, our blood family,
0: the family of humanity. We didn't get that choice. That was my mom and dad's choice. God's family,
1: it's the only family where we get to choose to be part of that family. It's a decision we have to make, and that is trusting the Lord Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross for us. Now, how can I say that we were born for God's family? Well, Ephesians 1 gives us some insight into that, because God decided in advance in advance, even before the foundations of the world, even before I think he, he, um, he started creating the world. Some say since the foundation, it doesn't really matter. But before we were born, I know for a fact that was in God's mind, that he wanted those who would believe in Jesus Christ to be adopted into his own family he had this in mind those who would place their trust and faith in jesus christ he would adopt them into his own family by bringing us to himself through jesus christ obviously it's only through jesus christ that we can be part of god's family which we were just celebrating and singing about earlier in the family of god and this is what he wanted to do and it gave him great pleasure. That's the new living translation in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 5. So that's how I can know for sure that when
0: we when you when we all were created, this was the purpose to be part of his family Now here's the interesting thing when Jesus is talking to his disciples.
1: He says, a new commandment I give to you. Read this very carefully. I know you've some of you have memorized it. Some of you know it off by heart. Some of you have read it thousands of times. It says, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. I get this part. By this, by what? By us loving
0: one another. Everyone will know that you are my disciples. Don't
1: get caught up on this if. A better conjunction would be since. Since you love one another. Everyone will know that you are a child of God since you love
0: one another. When you love one another. Do we want people to know that we are a child of God? Hopefully the answer is yes. So if that's the case, God chose in a way for that to happen through loving
1: one another. It's not loving our physical family.
0: It's not loving our friends, but loving one another in the family of God.
1: Now, depending on what church you go to and depending on what
0: kind of people go to your church, that's easier said than done, isn't it? Loving one another is really dependent on the world seeing us As the salt and the light, why do we avoid the family of God? Now, I might
1: insult some people this morning, but again, I don't know who you all are. And I'm just
0: allowing the spirit to speak in the sense that it's everywhere. If I stereotype Christianity right now, even around Australia, this is not our priority, the family of God. This is not a priority in our life, and it's very sad when this is how we are to show the world the love of Jesus. So in, this, in
1: another way, to say it another way, what God is requiring of us is to have fellowship with each other. And there are five levels of true fellowship which I hinted at um, earlier in the surface, in the service.
0: Through this fellowship In order to get through all five levels,
1: you have to do one thing. You have to do one thing re- dependent on whether you have the resources to do this. Mostly, you have to be an adult. But there are churches that provide ways to do this through children, and we call those youth groups. But the thing that is required of us in 1 Peter 4.9, the New Century Version says, open your homes to each other without complaining. Isn't that interesting? Your version might say, be hospitable. I chose this version because we think of being hospitable just about those ladies that get to do the morning tea. No. Hospitality happens at home. In order for us to be hospitable, we have to open up our homes, not to our friends, not just to our friends, to the family of God
0: and to do it without complaining. Now, I confess, I'm the first one to confess I can't say I'm, I've never obeyed this fully. There are times when I complain. Ah, oh, what? I have to have the ladies over for a small group? <laughs> I'm kicked in the other room with the kids, okay? I'm just doing my part. Level one. This is something that can be only done on a Sunday morning. The fellowship of sharing. This is the basic fundamental level of fellowship. It's very superficial. Sharing. What do we share when we have fellowship? Well, there's a number of things. We share our experiences.
1: And so I'm thankful for Judith. I'm going to give her a promo today. She'll be sharing her experiences today during the fellowship lunch. It's just sharing. We do this as small groups. You just share what's on your mind. We sh- at the start of the service, we're sharing how your week was. It's just sharing. Sharing your support. Through that, we can encourage one another. Words of affirmation. Words
0: of correction, maybe. Sharing your talents, your abilities. Through service. Sharing your resources. Hey, can I borrow that? chainsaw
1: i need to cut down a tree there's some fellowship there i can't just go and ask a stranger we share that fellowship of sharing but it's very superficial there's no dnms during that chainsaw exchange especially between between two men sharing your love again it's just another way to share have
0: fellowship sharing your love and we do that in many different ways We can't do any other level here on a Sunday morning. That's it. Level one. Level two, the fellowship of studying.
1: I say, well, we're doing this right now, aren't we? No, we're not. I'm just giving a monologue. You could just say, I'm preparing you for study. Ends up if you do that through the week. I know some of you do, so I don't want to do that, but I'm just challenging people. We hear a message on Sunday morning. How often do we reflect on it during the week? Studying together. It means having input, bringing
0: input, sharing your facts and knowledge about a particular passage. Now, the fellowship of studying, or well, we know God wants us to do it,
1: is a proverb that helps us do it. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. It's good to study the word of God together. It's better to do it together than alone, even though we still have to do it alone. We should do it alone.
0: We should do it alone and together. Iron sharpening iron. We sharpen each other.
1: And I've proposed to you all, I invite you. I don't say it every week because it gets overkill. I invite you to, for you to sharpen me. By if I say something here from the pulpit and you disagree with it, oh, I'd love to find out why you disagree. I'd love to have that discussion.
0: I want to have that discussion. Are you prepared to put in the time and the effort just to, you know, I'm happy. Convince me if I'm wrong. I want to know if I'm wrong. Do you want to know if you're wrong? Now, this, this level, Fellowship of Stunning, that is as far
1: as I can get personally on a Wednesday night. Or I think it's as far as, for some, um, Goldie's is a little bit different on a Thursday morning. They might be able to get a bit further, but on a, on a, on a Wednesday night, that kind of small group, Unfortunately, I can't get to any other level other than that. And the reason I have Wednesday nights is mainly for new people. You want to get to know me better? Well, come Wednesday night, I'm an open book. You can ask me any question that you want. I'll have a study, right? I'll have a study. And as I said last week, we're studying Romans 6 this term on Wednesday nights. But through that study, you can ask me any anything. personal or whatever now obviously because i hardly know you i won't share too much i won't get to these next levels
0: but in a way that's all that can happen and so i remind you
1: the power of being in a small group in a home is so you can get together with a group of people And have a much deeper level of fellowship. And the next one is a fellowship of serving. Having a group of people where you can serve together. This is my vision for small groups. It's not just that you get together and study a book of the Bible or study a topic of, that's uplifting that will help you in your walk with Christ. It's not just about that. It's getting to a level where you can actually go out into the community and you can serve together. With that serving comes a whole new level of fellowship. I got to get to know Laurel a lot better. And she's out of the room, so I can talk about her. I could not believe that you can paint a church in heels. She did it for two days.
0: That's Laurel for you. She'll just tell you that it just gets me some higher ability to
1: paint all the the parts I can't reach. But ultimately, it's just a case of, well, she had some brand new sneakers, she had some old heels, she didn't want to get paint on the brand new sneakers, and so she decided just to wear the heels. But we got to know each other on a whole new level. Just because we're serving together. And that was just in two to three days. Imagine you're doing it through a year, a lifetime. Really get to know them. And maybe this is why First Corinthians chapter three, first. Verse 9 says, for we are God's servants, because we can all serve God, but we can do it really by ourselves, can we not? We can serve God by ourselves, but working together, Paul stresses to the church in Corinth, because you are God's field, God's building. Working together is more powerful. And I wonder, I do, oh, I'm pretty sure this is the case on when we look at our veterans. They're not even Christians, some of them but they've built a relationship. They've gone to the front lines. They've served together with one purpose, to defeat the enemy, and they've built some camaraderie that you can't get anywhere else. They've done the deed together. They've built a relationship because they served together. And there's a passage in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, kind of like a warning for us all. This is, a, this is a strong warning for um, serving and, and being together. It says, two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls,
0: the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Is in real trouble. And why are there so many Christians suffering? Because they're doing it alone. They do it alone. And we all do it
1: in the sense that if something goes wrong in our life, the last thing we want to do is go to church. No, I don't want to face people. I'm, I'm too miserable.
0: Whereas those are the people that can lift you up. But it makes sense because it's Sunday morning and that person doesn't give
1: hoots about, two hoots about what I'm going through because there's no time to explore that. Hence, ah, if I'm part of a
0: small group, then there's someone, someone to lift me up when I get to the place where I feel like I'm falling. Now it's interesting to note that when you start serving together
1: you finally get to a place where you are now comfortable to share your opinions. Now obviously there's some people depending on your personality that have no problem sharing your opinions, okay? I'm getting to I'm I'm talking about when we are in a relationship, a friendship and we're able to trust that that person will treat our opinion with respect,
0: that they will listen to our opinion. It's level four. Level four: the fellowship of sacrificing. Sacrificing.
1: And this is where we get into a deeper level of emotion with each other. And so when we talk about the fellowship of sacrifice,
0: We're not just talking about being able to share our opinions. But now that you get to
1: a level where you've done that, or when someone else has done that to you, and you're actually able to share how you feel about that other person's opinion. There's two levels, right? When someone gives you their opinion, you can think, oh, yeah, that's good. But you do not dare question that opinion, right? You don't want to get into that. Can of worms, or you don't know that person enough to
0: really. Hmm. You, you actually think that's right? You think that's correct? Whole new level. And this is now where we get to a place where we can
1: just not sympathize with each other, but we can empathize with each other. You see how there's so much more deepness in this relationship. Sympathizing, oh, yeah, that's great. But empathizing, well, that's a whole other
0: kettle of fish. Who can you empathize with genuinely in this room? If we were honest, there's not many people. If you're a part of a small group, then maybe yes. And then finally, level five, the fellowship of suffering.
1: The fellowship of suffering. To distinguish between sacrificing and suffering, I thought of, well, there are people where I'm willing
0: to share my past experiences, my past pain, where I trust them enough. Just to be able to be vulnerable, to get into a place of vulnerability
1: where they won't, you know, laugh at me, or the, where they won't, you know, do all sorts of weird things to me, or they won't talk about my talk about me behind my back. I build a relationship with them, but then there's another level where, well, am I willing to share what's going wrong with me now, what I'm suffering through now, the pain that I'm experiencing now? I think there's two different levels there. I've spoken to some people and I said, I'll never share about what's in my past. Oh,
0: God forbid, what would they think of me? But then, oh, God forbid, what would they think of me if, I'm, if they know what I'm going through now?
1: And so this is why I believe James chapter 5, I think we interpret this misinterpret this verse a lot. It says, confess your faults one to another. A lot of people just think we do this to the elders. No, it's to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed.
0: Ever thought about that? Healed? Just by confessing my faults? How in the world does that happen? And then the effectual fervent prayer
1: of a righteous man avails much. The righteous person is the Christian who you are confessing your faults to. Why is there healing involved? It's because sometimes we have to confess our faults. We have to vent about what's going on in our life. We have to sometimes be vulnerable and say, oh, I, I am doing this.
0: I, I, I need some wisdom. So outside perspective, can you pray for me?
1: And maybe that might help me with my pain with my suffering.
0: It's not talking about a physical healing here. It's talking more of emotional healing, a healing of our well-being.
1: So there they are, five levels of fellowship, sharing, studying, serving, sacrificing, suffering. Do you have a group of people, whether it's two, or three other people, at least two or three other people, that you can demonstrate these five levels. I believe God wants us to have these five levels of fellowship with one another. And that's the power of a small group. It cannot happen on a Sunday morning. And therefore, this verse should be a priority. Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together. You know, a lot of people just think of this as on a Sunday morning. And and yes, it is because there are a lot of Christians that don't bother coming to church on a Sunday morning. But here, it's more than that. Remember, the New Testament church not just met on a Sunday, they also met within people's homes. That's where the true fellowship happened. And I'm hoping that this morning that has reinforced that truth Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. But let us encourage one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. Put your hand up if you can see the world today as the day approaching sooner today rather than yesterday. I'm sure we can all agree on that. Everyone can see the world is in a mess. And that every scripture that we're reading of what's going to happen in the future It's coming true before our eyes, and we
0: are either unlucky or lucky enough to be in the generation that this is probably going to happen. I'm sorry. I'm too busy. I'm too busy. These are the excuses we come up with. If you're too busy, then you are too busy. Too busy. I was thinking about now, what is a legitimate excuse to not be part of a small group? You're dead. I was going to say maybe on your deathbed but I think we don't do ourselves any any favors and there's so many different aspects of life that I think
1: we make choices that cause us to be busy when we don't necessarily
0: need to be busy Which one's more important? The things that are making your life busy or your faith in God and strengthening that. Coming back to
1: loving the Lord, your God, with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength.
0: And then knowing more of his love, where through that, we can. Not just build each other up, but maybe even have the opportunity to lead an unbeliever into knowing
1: who God is and what Christ has done for them. Fearfully and wonderfully made, I hope that you can join me next week to get the next two purposes that God has for each and every one of
0: us. Please, if you haven't signed up for a small group, do it this morning. Please, if you know that your schedule is too unpredictable, that you're not available at the same time, host your own group so you can be flexible in determining the times that you meet. I know this church will be stronger because you will be stronger if your fellowship with each other strengthens. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for
1: being a God that firstly has created
0: absolutely everything. We thank you That you've come into
1: our hearts where you empower us to be the person that you want us to be and to do those things that you want us to do. But still in the same way, you give us choices and it's out of your love that you do so.
0: Maybe we need to respond by loving you more
1: by worshiping you in everything that we do, by glorifying you in everything that we do, prioritizing you, maybe. Whatever is the case, Father God, I lay it over to you
0: and allow your spirit to work in and through us. Embolden us to be witnesses, to be light, to be salt, to fulfill your purposes here on earth
1: as you've instructed us to do in your word. We thank you because we give you all the praise and all the glory. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Well,
0: this is a a song of testimony. I was hoping to use